Welcome to the latest edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. My name is Michael Bailey. I'm The Athletic's Norwich City correspondent, and I hope this finds you safe and well. Uh, four Premier League games, no points, zero goals, certain relegation, and an FA Cup exit to boot. A potentially big week ends before it gets going with a 1-0 home defeat to Brighton. And we're here once again to bring you a pint-sized reaction podcast I am. I hope you can hear me smiling as I speak. Uh, this time with Norwich City stats guru, known as NCFC numbers on Twitter. To us, he's Steve Sanders. Hi, Michael. How you doing? Good, thank you. And we're also today joined by a Canaries legend and fresh from BT Sports Norwich fan wall. I assume he was doing Jay Comfrey a favour. It's Darren Huckabee. Hey, Hux. Uh, good morning, everybody. There he is. <laughs> um, Thank you so much for joining us, gentlemen. Um, Darren, how's your world? How are you? You're looking sharp in your in your in your shirt. I like your shirt. You just caught me before I go to the pub, so in fact, I might even see Steve's dad down there later. So, <laughs> so hurry up and let's get yeah. this done. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> That's the way to do it. He'll be messaging um, me. I, I love this, um, uh, Steve. How are you? And also, I wanted to ask, how much less fun is it pulling out stats now compared to last season? Um, oh yeah, so it's a lot less fun. Well, I think it's less fun because because no, no one's really interested in, in how bad we are. I mean, we are and we are pretty bad. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think people uh, are much more likely to engage when we're talking about how good our players are, rather than um, the fact that we we just can't score. It's um it's interesting how this this season is is going to become more and more historic <laughs> if it keeps going the way it's going. Um, but I'm um, sure we've, we've got several podcasts to get stuck into that. Um, but for this one, it is, um, of course, a look uh, back at the 1-0 defeat on Saturday at home to Brighton. Uh, as is our routine, our snap verdict is what kicks us off. Uh, what can you get into in roughly 30 seconds? Steve, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, okay. I mean, you, you could probably pretty much copy and paste what I've previously said I think fantastic um, yeah but but um if you want something uh, slightly different um yeah I mean I was I was worried when I saw the team sheets um I thought that Brighton looked quite strong they brought back some some decent players from their defeat to Manchester United our, our team I thought didn't look as strong as short I'm sure we'll get onto team selection um a bit later um we, we started quite well without really threatening the usual kind of thing um but then just conceded from the first time that that Brighton um, really, really came at us. Um, that was from a, quite a, a poor error, quite a poor pass. Um, and and then the rest of the game, really, we we never we never looked like scoring. And I mean, I, I know obviously either hit the post at the end, but I, I think we could have been playing for another hour and, and potentially not scored. Um, and that just seems to be the worrying trend that we're in right now. I think we'd have still been playing now and and probably uh, still be nil one at least. Darren, do you want to sum it up for us? I just think there's a complete lack of belief in everything we do, whether it's the players, whether it's the manager coming out and saying probably the same things he's been saying for the last two or three games. The fans, I think they've lost belief. You know, after the restart, we've been as bad as it can get probably. I know we we did okay against Man United, but Man United made, made eight changes from the team that played Bournemouth. So, I mean, but played Brighton. So it's, it's been pretty pretty dreadful and you, you can't you can't mask it you can't make it sound any better than it is because like you say you can look at the stats but you can tell by your eyes that the players just have lost all kind of confidence especially going forward you know we've always been a little bit ropey at the back but going forward we'd look like you know we, we don't know how to get into good position to score goals it's you know we thrashed a couple of nice balls across the box yesterday but 
apart from that, nothing. Exactly. And let's take us on to our debrief because um, I think we've always spoken a lot about the, the defensive issues and, and defensive injuries that have probably knocked um, various possibilities out of, um, out of, out of happening and, and the, the, that lack of balance. But going forward, Steve, was the one thing Norwich was supposed to be good at. They were supposed to be creative and fluid. And, and they did it for the first few games. So um, uh, I guess it's easy to kind of try and ask where it's gone wrong, but it, it's almost a question of how they get it to go right again, I suppose. Yeah, and um, unfortunately, that's, that's not a question that I have to answer. Um, I, I mean, I think, I think Darren's hit the nail on the head. It, it is fundamentally a belief thing. Um, I, th- I think going forward, it starts with playing out from the back, actually. So although I don't obviously blame the defenders for, for us not being able to score, I, do, I, I think that, that pass going astray from closer for the goal is kind of indicative of, of where it is going wrong, partly because we don't have the belief, maybe partly because we've had this long enforced break and they're not quite as sharp. And I think that, that probably affects us more than, than other teams. Um, I, I, I just think that, well, there, there were some reasonable individual performances. I, th- I thought Emmy looked a little bit better. Um, I thought Hernandez was lively, although end product is, is usually the issue with him and I, I think continues to be so. Um, I mean... I, I feel like somebody needs to stick up for, for Duda and Dermich, but I, I don't think <laughs> I can be that person. Um, the, 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 you know, I, it, I don't, you know, it's not right for me to come here and just single players out, but, but the, the first 45 from Duda in particular was bad. Um, I, I don't, I'm not really sure why he's being picked ahead of players that will be here next season. Um, and, but, but then that said, when, when they came off and other players came on, we didn't look much better. So, to me, I think it's almost like you. We have to accept now what's happening this season, and just Farker needs to look forward and reset for for twenty 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 one. Some of the fallout. Uh, Josip Drimic, I think, kind of turned off his Instagram account uh, last night. I noticed that might have just been coincidence, but it definitely happened. I've seen I've seen him more in uh, music videos than I've played up front. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> and, that, uh, that's, and that and that says it's that says it all, doesn't it? That I, says I, it all. It's like. <laughs> I wish there was a noise that accompanied your expression just then. No. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a curious situation when someone releases their first single uh, about a week before the season starts, um, and never mind the second. But um, yeah, so uh, the, the, the uh, Instagram account has, has uh, turned off, which maybe was going to happen. Um, I, I don't see any way that um, Andre Duda completes his loan um, and and it's still here at the end of the season, to be honest. I think that will probably get um, scrubbed and, and maybe he won't play again. I, I don't know. There's, as, you, as you said, Steve, it's completely pointless him, him, him playing in a side where Daniel's got to kind of, he has to kind of look ahead to next season, doesn't he, Darren? I'm, I'm just curious how difficult that is because this, it's going to be such a different situation to, to the sort of one he, he, he walked into. And even if they're the same players who have, taken the championship by storm before it's it's going to be a different environment it's, what, it, what it's what it's been i think all of us have had to take this it's been a, a massive reality check you know at the end of our season people are telling me this is the best Norwich team of all time some of the best Norwich city players of all time and they got hyped up so much and nobody uh, realized or you know it's been a massive reality check we they're not as bad as they're showing but they're not as good as people thought so I think we've got to find the kind of right balance. We've got some very good young players, but we've been playing with... I spoke to Rio Ferdinand about this yesterday. If you took any of our back three young lads out and put them in a decent team, they would probably be okay. 
but you play all three of them at the same time with no Premier League experience, with no set partner with them, and we look like we're never going to keep a clean sheet. Tim Cole's been our best player this season. That's, that's a massive story. And, and that's about, he was on about playing out from the back. Man City, they're best at playing out from the back. But they've always got a pivot in centre midfield who can uh, bring the ball in, can build from there. So they've always got a Rodri or they've got a Fernandinho who's always comfortable on the ball. We haven't got that. Teddy's not comfortable on the ball. McLean's okay, but he's not somewhere you can build something from. So we've tried to play like we did last season against much, much better players. And our players have not been good enough to do it. That's, that's what it boils down to. Which um, might be similar to what I've written for The Athletic um, (laughs) that you might get to read on Monday, certainly on that theme. I guess the problem for Norwich is that, you know, they're not Man City. They will always come under more pressure, pressure, Darren. And the players who could possibly work as a pivot aren't defensively minded enough to help them out going the other way, which which Norwich will always give opposition at at this level. So that almost questions how how Norwich would ever find a player to kind of do what they want to at this level. Yeah, I think... Defensively, I think you know it's not helped. We've had all the injuries, and but it's probably the last fifteen games going forward. Well, especially the last nine games just before the break was kind of okay. But the last nine games, we've we've looked completely out of sorts. You know, Puky don't look like he would score if he gave it gave it to him from two yards out. Bundian scored all season. Todd Campbell's done okay in in, in spells. Drummich, waste of time. Duda. You've got to be kind of thinking we're lucky that we didn't spend £21 million on him because that's what everyone was saying he was worth before the loan started. Can you imagine if we'd bought him for £21 million? <laughs> well, So we've, we've, we've kind of missed a, <laughs> missed a bullet there. But the biggest problem is the recruitment, it ha- they haven't made us any better at all. So normally, they're not all going to work, but the ones that have come in have just not made the team better. But then again, the players are already here haven't kicked on either. So it's, a bit, it's both, both ways. You know, the players that are here haven't stepped up where they need to do and the players that have been brought in to help them have contributed very little. And I think it's worth think- just pointing out, sorry, I will come to you, Steve. It's worth pointing out at this okay. point of how, how Stuart Webber had, had kind of admitted after January that he owed Daniel Farker an apology for how the recruitment had gone. Well, but, but it, it, this, is, this is the weird thing for me, right? Because... Like we made, we clearly made a decision in the summer that we're going to tie down the players we've got to longer-term contracts. Whether that's because we felt they deserved it, whether that's because we felt that was the best move for the club, um, that's what we did. We didn't spend much money. Well, we hardly spent any money, um, and that that's why the the Duda thing seems really strange to me. I mean, Vranjic and Stepan must be playing in training like they've got their legs tied together or something, because we we made a decision with both of them in the summer and with other players that we're going to give them longer-term deals. So, so why are we now effectively freezing them out and Evrancic gets kind of 10, 15 minutes at the end of games to play somebody who's, who's not going to be here longer-term? That, that's what I find bizarre. This, this season's gone. So why are we not looking ahead? Oh, certainly over the next five games, you know, we, we shouldn't be seeing the likes of Duda. And that's nothing against him, but he's not part of the long-term plan. So he, he shouldn't be playing. What I, I would um, say is Stuart Webber and the manager aren't stupid. They see him train every day playing against these players, if they thought Mario Vancic could consistently play well in the Premier League or Maurice Leitner or Steepman, they would be playing. The manager's not going to not play them for, he's going to play the strongest team he possibly can. They, they when they've played, they haven't done enough. You know, Mario's great on the ball, but he can't move. He can't defend. You, 
where would you play him? Would you play him as a 10? Would you play him, him and McLean? Would you play him, him and Teta? There's a reason why they, have, they aren't being picked. It's because the manager does not think they can do a job in the Premier League. And they've brought players in who also haven't done a job in the Premier League, so it's not worked either way. And with, um, with Mario, I thought his... Uh, he, I mean, I like Mario a lot. I, I think he, his body language sort of during the warm-up and he, he was sort of the last one out, um, still taking free kicks about a minute before the, the start of the game. And, and I, he just looked like a man who looked a bit fed up, to be honest. And also, there should really be no great surprise he hasn't started a lot this year because, to be brutally honest, he didn't he start much last, year. last season. He really didn't. Daniel didn't really trust him in a starting role last, last year. He, he almost missed out on getting a promotion um, a bonus because he didn't make enough appearances as far as I heard but, so, I mean, but you remember his the goals and his free kicks and you, you think that he played all season but, yeah uh, and he, he scored vital goals at vital times but you know we, we've got a, a bit of an imbalance in the team at the minute and it's going to be really interesting to see how we move forward because you know if we possibly lose four or five games to the end of the season now it's a quick turnaround before them start the next season the confidence is going to be absolutely shot in that squad it really is which does um, I do want to ask you about these uh, the team selection, Steve? Because I mean, I can I can only assume Josip made such a terrible error <laughs> at Arsenal that Daniel thought, right, go and go and prove a point to me, um, which he did. Probably not the one Daniel was hoping he would prove. Um, to 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 drop Todd, I think. I mean, Daniel said after the game that you know no one was playing well enough to not be dropped, but. I mean, I would argue Todd's been as bright as anyone really since the restart. So actually to drop Todd, if he was fit enough to play, would was, was and I think you saw it when Todd came on, I thought he looked re- pretty bright as well. So, um, and you know, the spotlight is on Daniel at the moment. You can't ignore it. The fans are looking at what's happening regardless of all the faith they have in what they're trying to do. And, you know, some fans are starting to, to, to question him, which is, you know, it's a difficult situation because it creates baggage going forwards. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest, I, I do agree with Darren in that that the, the manager will know better than anybody else. And um, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm frustrated at the team selection, but I, I do accept that we're in this situation where where fitness levels are are you know huge. And and Pookie, if he thinks that Pookie and Campwell can't play twice a week, then I, I think we have to we have to go with him on that. And and to be fair, Pookie hasn't shown anything in the last two or three games he started to suggest that he should be in the team. Um, uh, people have been calling for Adam Eder. I, I think he looked quite good again when he came on. I, I would like to see him start at some point before the end of the season, hope, hopefully on Tuesday, to be honest, because I, I think of the three strikers we've got, he is looking the sharpest. Um, I, it was a good header that he very nearly scored to kind of get us our first point. Um, the, 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 problem, the problem for Farker is he, he keeps going back to Dermich and Dermich keeps letting him down. Um, I, I don't know as a manager what you can do in that situation other than say, well, you know, sorry, but you've had your chance. Um, but like you say, the, the, the next five games now um, are, just, are just an opportunity for him to chop and change, in my opinion. I mean, they've got Josip Drimic for another year, according to his contract, and he's on a pretty decent wedge. So, um, as I, you know, I, I, he, could, he, could, he could suddenly show up in the championship. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe the, the lower level and, and uh, you know, away you go. But um, I think the, big, the biggest problem you've got is you, you look at players and you know what they're about, kind of. You know, you can have an idea of what they do, what they bring to the team. So whether, you know, if it's whole team, runs around, makes it, makes it difficult, holds the ball up, or you've got somebody who's quick and but you look at him and I, I don't actually know what his strengths are. He don't know the ball up. He's not good in the air. He can't run. 
he might be able to finish, but I'm not seeing him take a chance. You know, we had a, a ch- good chance yesterday where he dropped him on the edge of the box. He basically fluffed it straight to the goalkeeper's hand. So I don't know what his strengths are. Uh, so I'd, it's hard to know where, where to put him in, how you'd play him to, to make him look good. It's, it's very difficult. And I, I suppose accompanying all this is if you're trying to build a squad um, and continually improve it, which is you know the task Norwich want, they've got to very carefully select um, who, who they sell, I suppose, as much as, as who they keep. Because as you said, Darren, um, some of those players um, are, are worth a lot of money to some people and also would look probably good in a setup where it's them being put into an established side. I think there's players like Emi Buendia who in a different Premier League team would would probably fly. Um, I don't know how you see it. Why with, though? Why? Why would it? I guess maybe because he's playing among better players. Yeah, maybe, yeah. But if you're... Basically, he's playing enough every game this season, an attacking midfielder who hasn't scored a goal. Everyone keeps chucking these stats at me about chances created. (laughs) (laughs) We're flattered to deceive. Don't get me wrong, he's a good player. He's a good player. He works hard. He's got good technical ability. But he's played 35 games. He's not scored a goal. He's he's played one of the three attacking positions all season. Uh, Yeah. And, and the, the Don't get me wrong, he's a good player and he'll he look good in a better team. But there's not going to be teams chucking 25, 30, 40 million pound at players that are going to finish in Norwich's worst ever position in the Premier League. Yeah, I know. That, that's... Don't get me wrong, they're, they're good players. They're good players. But they've been disappointing. There's only really, I think there's only really Todd Cantwell who could literally come out of this season thinking, I've shown everybody what I can do here. I think Max, Max Hines has done okay at times. Jamal's done okay at times, so Ben Godfrey, but can, can see the 61 goals, worst in the Premier League. Uh, got to, people looking at players, it's, they're not just saying, oh, it's not Championship manager where you just go, oh, he's done all right, it's 25 million. Yeah, people, have been watching the, people have been watching these players week in, week out, and if they watch the last nine games, what are they going to think? Which does beg the question, Steve. I mean, well, how many of these players are going to be here next year? I mean, Norwich have said they don't have to sell, so... If they don't get a off, you know, big offer, I mean, they then presumably won't sell. And also, how many of these young players are going to sit at home in the summer and go, "This is rubbish. I should still be in the Premier League." Uh, but then, can they say that if they've if they're part of the worst one of the worst promoted Premier League sides? Yeah, well, it it, it almost doesn't add up really because you, you you feel like they've got so many good talented players, but you know. Darren's absolutely right. <laughs> Just looking at it, we're 12 points off our worst Premier League total in history. Well, that, that's gone. We're not going to beat that. So this will be the worst Norwich team um, in Premier League history. We're still three goals shy of the 28 that we scored under Chris Hutton. That was our worst total. And I thought that would never be beaten, but it, it could be. Um, and, then, and, and said, sorry, they said that was the worst attacking team of all time, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, well, yeah. The, the, worst, <laughs> the way the manager set up was the, the worst attacking and we're 28 goals behind. No, uh, we are we are three goals behind that, uh, the twenty eight that we scored in oh, thirteen fourteen. So, but, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bank on us getting that on, on getting those two no. in the final five. Would you? Um, I mean, I, I I feel sorry actually for the the two fullbacks at the moment. I have to say because I, the the goal was a case in point yesterday. In that you've, you, I mean, it's the way we always play. Lewis and Aaron's bomb on, 
and you rely on the players, um, the, the, two, the two holding midfielders and the two centiles to be able to play the passes so that, so that they're not exposed. But um, the, the amount of work that those two have to go through when we give the ball away at the back, I saw Aaron's, it was about 10 minutes after the, the goal actually, I saw Aaron's um, have one where he haired up the pitch and then had to come back and cover because I can't remember, I think McLean played a terrible pass. Um, and I, I think, I, I do feel with those two that you stick them in a team where, where the manager, where, where, a bit more disciplined, uh, perhaps a bit more experience alongside them. And I think they, they would both be good Premier League defenders. Um, Todd's done well this season. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about the rest of them. I have to say, I, I, I don't, I think the Buendia goals issue is an issue because, because it does reduce his value and it does ask questions. I mean, I, he, he doesn't seem to be pulling the trigger at the moment. He gets in good positions and then he, he looks for a pass instead of shooting. I don't know if anyone else has noticed that. Yeah, yeah the worst thing about it for me is you can see he's got the ability to, to shoot. You can, he's got an ability to move it to the side and get a shot off. I don't know if he tries to be too clever or just tries to be David Silver. I, I, I don't know. But for him playing, he must realise that, you know, I'm being watched. The biggest thing about this restart is more, play, more people have watched Norwich City players in the last three weeks, whatever it is, than for, for, for probably the last 10 seasons. Because they're live on TV and there's millions of people watching them. Yeah. So if you're, if, you're, if you're trying to get a move somewhere or you want to show everybody what you're about, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to do it. And we've kind of like, not bottled it, but we've just kind of just shriveled up into a, into a little shell and just said, that's it. It's kind of, it's really strange. Norwich City have shriveled up into themselves. I quite like that. Um, I, I have to say, watching Jamal Lewis, especially in the second half, he, he again looked pretty frustrated. I don't think his head ever dropped, but it, there were just times when I think he was just shaking his head. And he was also getting a bit of stick then from the midfielders about what he was doing. Now, I, you know, confession, I'm not a trained coach. I don't know if it was what Jamal was doing or if it was the others letting him down. But um, I think he was finding it quite quite tough in, in terms of just how Norwich could build anything. I mean, the goal in itself, it, it's as much Tim Close's misplaced pass as the fact he then makes the decision to come out and chase the ball, which leaves a massive hole behind him. But even then, Brighton still don't score if Trossard isn't able to run about 20 yards in front of Ben Godfrey to the near post. I mean, that movement almost in itself, um, it's obviously crucial to, to, to the goal and what have you. Um, well, that was just bad defending. That was just bad defending. Ben Godfrey's got 50 yards to see where he's going to go. And the only place he can score is right there. So all he's got to do is get himself into a better position to try and get there before the... But that's just, you know, he's a young lad. He's, he's, he's learning that, and that's probably the, the problem. In a, in a different team, each one of them backs three would look okay. But because all three of them are playing and they're being asked to play this massive, expansive football, it's really difficult for them. Which I think is probably the, the crux of a lot of the arguments I made in the last few weeks. If those players look at it, get into the summer and think, God, you know what? I got up to the Premier League. I didn't do enough. Um, I'm happy to stay and you know, learn and then get back and prove a point. Then, then I have no issue. It, it will be if, if that, they don't have that commitment or if, they, if they're agents or if people are saying, look, you deserve something else, then it doesn't come. And then you end up getting that baggage that becomes very difficult when you get relegated. There was this curious um, moment at, at the full-time whistle where, where Todd Cantwell decided that he uh, would, um, I love Todd, um, would sit down on the pitch uh, sort of pretty much in front of us by about 10 yards and just sort of sit there obviously thinking. Um, 
And I think some of the journalists next to me were thinking, well, he obviously knows we're watching that. <laughs> we'll probably write it in the intro. What do you think? Um, so, <laughs> you know, it's, you, you, it's, it's great and we all cover it, but you're sort of sitting there thinking, okay, Todd, I mean, fair play. He was there for 10 minutes, um, took his boots off and then twaddled down the tunnel off the pitch. Well, shouldn't he be in the uh, dressing room waiting for the manager to listen to what he's saying to the rest of the team? Well, again, and I think this is, this is probably the tricky thing at the moment because they're only allowed in the dressing room for 15 minutes. I wonder if post-match, and they're getting changed somewhere else, so I wonder if post-match at the moment, it's, it's probably not yeah, helping well, knowledge we, either. But I say, we, we don't know that, do we? So it's hard to speculate. It's hard to speculate, but it's always good fun too. Um, uh, I should just add that there's still plenty of Norwich City content to read on The Athletic, as there will be next season, <laughs> including a look at how uh, Norwich plan to integrate Daniel Sinani, Sam McCullum and Melvin City into their squad off the back of four months without football. Uh, you can read all that and more for uh, free until the end of the Premier League season because The Athletic is free for 30 days right now. Simply go to theathletic.com forward slash Norwich pod to sign up. Um, gentlemen, uh, what is the question you now want answering? So we've got Watford coming up on Tuesday. It's at Vicarage Road, 6pm, live on Sky Sports. I'm guessing you won't be on the fan wall for that one, uh, Darren. I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Ed, what was it a favour to Jake? Did, did, we, did we clarify that? No, that was a pain gig. So. Oh, good, good, good. Well worth so. it. Got to take what you can in these desperate times, don't you? <laughs> this is true. Um, yeah, what's the question we now want answering then from this squad, from a player, from Norwich in general as an entity? Steve? Um, well, I think, I think I would like to know, um, have, we, is, have we given up on this season now? Do we, do we genuinely still think we can stay up or are we going to use the next five games to look ahead to what we can do next season? We've already made that point, but I, I think, it, it, I think the, ne- the next team selection will probably tell us, to be honest, but that's the question I'd ask. As as my and Andre do disposition in that team. Um, how about you, Darren? Uh, I do believe these last five games are very important to see where I'll be take on the challenge of next season. We've got to show some character in these last five games. If we go go out and we get battered every game, next season is not going to be pretty because it, it, this is, there'll be a hangover, guaranteed. Going to Watford, it's a big test because they'll they'll be wanting to scrap, fight, you know, bring it on. Bring because if I was a player now. Basically, the pressure's off. The pressure's off. Now, now it's about your own personal pride, showing everybody and every fan who pay your wages, support you every week, show them what, what you're actually about, individually and collectively. That's what it's about. Get hucks on the uh, two team coaches down to Watford, I say. Obviously, you have to spend half the journey on one and then half the journey on the other coach. Yeah. But, you know... <laughs> the way it goes um brilliant stuff um darren i know you need to get down down to the pub so i'm not going to keep you any longer on this sunday no the sun is going to come out i'm sure it's going to come out this afternoon he's ready to go uh, well that is it for this edition of on the ball uh, we hope you're enjoying what we're doing and if you do please spread the word across the norwich city world if you would like to get in touch with us ask any questions or propose a topic to cover just sling me a tweet or direct message on twitter at michael j bailey is the handle in the meantime a big thank you to you hux thank you very much no problem. Steve, always a pleasure. Thank you, my man. Here's Michael. Same again next time. Absolutely. Uh, and of course, thanks to you all out there for listening and getting involved. We will return after Tuesday night's relegation three-pointer with another edition of On The Ball, a Norwich City podcast from The Athletic. Until then, good night. <laughs> <laughs>